Well, it's great to be here, and uh, I was away last weekend up in Norfolk. I was leading a team from um, uh, day school up to uh, be equipping a church up there. We had a great time, and we got some good testimonies, uh, without naming names, but we prayed for somebody um, with cancer uh, who has been pain-free all week, um, which is good, isn't it? So that's a, that's a, that's a good news. Also prayed for a lady um, who had a lump in her throat that disappeared. Actually, not just uh, not talking about a proverbial. I've got a lump in my throat, but actually, she had a, a lump in her throat that disappeared instantly while we were there. And another lady who'd had a stroke when she was 25, and I think I think 18 years on, who uh, got her sight restored and other things, all sorts of bits and pieces getting sorted so um, we had I think eight teams out last weekend didn't we so it was good so Steph led one and Tim led one so lots of good good news happening from all around so and good news here as well so it's nice to be back I always love being back in Eastgate so uh, I want to teach you tonight uh, something that that is been going around in my brain uh, for a little while now and and it's just coming home to me more and more the importance of it Um, even this morning when I was uh, here worshipping, God just showed me another sort of um, scriptural reality that, that just helped me for tonight. Um, so I want to talk to you tonight about confidence and, uh, and its adversary, uh, false humility. So, um, so that's where we're going and uh, we're going to look at some Bible passages. I'm going to uh, pull stuff out of those. I'm going to put some stuff up on a flip chart. We might, might, even, might even have time for a, a few questions and answers. Um, okay, can we bring up Acts chapter 3? Right, we're going to read it through. I'll read it from that version, just in case my version's different, and then we'll get confused. So, um, Acts chapter 3, obviously follows Acts chapter 2. Know what happened in Acts chapter 2? Day of Pentecost, not, not tricky. Acts chapter 1, Jesus went back up to heaven, so that's all. So this is, this is pretty soon, uh, and early in, in the New Testament church's journey. Okay, so this is, this is a, a relatively early story. Um, so Peter, obviously, is the, one, one of the central characters here. Um, now, now, so he, he, he obviously had a bad time um, prior to Jesus' crucifixion, yeah? Yeah. Not so, yeah I, I, he did. He didn't have a good time he, he, of his own making. Um, I, I find it fascinating when you, when you read this, that story about uh, Jesus said, you will deny me three times. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't given as a warning to stop him doing it. Because Peter said, I won't do it. And Jesus said, oh yeah, you will. It wasn't, it, so it is a fascinating story. He didn't say, I'm warning you because you might disown me three times. He's saying, you will do it. Isn't that amazing? How would you feel if God came up to you and said that? So, no, 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 no. Actually, yes, 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 sometimes we do. <laughs> and what did, what did Jesus do immediately after his resurrection? He, fi- he finds Peter. Now, what had Peter done? Peter had disqualified himself. It's, it's quite clear. If you, he'd gone back to fishing, basically. So he'd given up on himself, his ministry, and, and uh, the calling, which, you know, Jesus said, you know, you're Peter, you're the rock, you're, I'm going to build my church on you. And I, I, think, I think his confidence in that was, was somewhat shot by his own mistakes, errors. I think that's a fit. <clears throat> but Jesus' confidence in him wasn't shot. Is that amazing? So, number one, I'd like to tell you, Jesus is more confident in you than you probably are. It says very clearly in John's Gospel, isn't it, that I chose you. She said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Sometimes we think we did. I, I know we do choose. I chose to follow him, but he chose me first. He chose me. And then do you know what that verse says? I chose you to go and, I'm going to tull it out of you, bear fruit, fruit that will last. So Jesus is very confident that he's called you and this is a purpose that you're going to be fruitful and that fruitful is going to last. So he's very confident because he's made that choice. And he doesn't change his mind. He say, ah, rats, bad choice. Let's find another one. Substitute. In. No, Jesus is, is, is very confident. Um, was Jesus confident in his own ability? Yeah, I think so. 
He's certainly confident in the ability of God. The Holy Spirit. <coughs> you know. I am the resurrection and the life is a pretty confident statement. I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's a pretty confident statement. And <coughs> one of the things that, that I find in life is, is a lot of people are threatened by uh, confident people. Insecurity is threatened by confidence. And um, a lot of times you'll find that confidence is, is regarded as arrogance. And there's a big difference between arrogance and confidence. Okay? So, is it, is it arrogant of me to say I've got a really good car mechanic? Not arrogant at all, is it? I just found a really good car mechanic. And I've confidence in, trusted him for 30 years to mend my car. Won't go anywhere else. And told him he can't retire. <laughs> going to be very, very difficult to replace. Because I have complete confidence in him. Not just in his ability, but in his character. And, in his, and he's actually written up. He's got a bit in my book, Mick, the garage mechanic. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, there is something about finding faithful people that you can be confident in, isn't there? Finding a good plumber. Uh-huh. Yeah? yeah? Find one, keep him. Or, <laughs> or her, or whatever. You know, it is, so. oh, no, actually, that, we do that. This is, this is normal life. We find, find a good dentist, you, you think, woohoo! Thank yes, find a good GP, yes, that's me, or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are used to that. We, we, and there's a degree of confidence that comes from finding somebody who can do something. Yeah? That, that's, that's, that's all normal. Um, but also being confident in your own ability. So I don't know about you, but I'm watching a bit of the Winter Olympics at the moment. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. They're, they're saying it, that you know the ability to be confident is is one of the keys to winning. You know, certainly some of the stuff they do in the Winter Olympics. You're thinking, wow. He's, he's extremely creative and innovative, more so than the Summer Olympics, isn't he? You're thinking. You know, I don't know how many opportunities they get to break their necks, <laughs> but plenty. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> and confident in all, all sorts of things. So, here's a story. Okay, so Peter, Peter's been restored. The day of Pentecost has come, and it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, he'd done this for a long time. Okay? When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So what's he expecting? Yeah, or hoping for. This is, this is his expectation. His hope would be, I'm going to get some money. Why? Because then that will keep me living my little beggar existence. My crippled beggar. I just need, I need enough to keep me going in this existence. And a lot of people are like that, aren't they? I find a lot of Christians are like that. Just enough to keep me surviving. And that's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about thriving in life. And uh, so this guy's about to get a surprise. But, but first off, he, he faces a disappointment, which is often the way. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man looks at him. The man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from flipping over him, them. Okay, so this is the first first bit. And Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have. And so how do you think the guy's feeling? Disappointed. What are you doing here? Pass on, come on. Just move on, Get, give me room back. I, you know, I need some room to do my begging. Because you, you haven't got what I want, you haven't got what I need. And that's another part of confidence, actually. Being confident in what you don't have is actually quite important. It is really important, actually. So, as a GP, one of the things is, is, you know, I'm confident in my abilities, but I have to know what I can't do. I'm not a surgeon. If I thought I was a surgeon, but I'm not, it, it doesn't help you, does it? It wouldn't be good for you. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's, it's, that ability to know what I can't do is actually quite important. What I'm not gifted to do, yeah, that, that's, that's an important realization in life. You know, so I, it, um, I love the musicians. I, I learned early on in life that I can't do it. 
when I became a Christian at about 16, along with everybody else who seemed to be a Christian, I tried to play the guitar. Um, but I had a little problem. I couldn't even tune it in the first place. So, so I, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm not sure whether I'm tone deaf, but there's, there's, there's something near there that my, my wife's not convinced I am, but I'm, I think I might be. Because basically they said, right, you put that one and that one, and that's the same sound. And I go, it sounds different to me. Because people say, oh, no, that's just an octave apart. I thought, no, that's different. That's not the same. That's, that's, no, that's the same note. I said, no, it's not. I, honestly, you can, you, there's no way you can persuade me that's the same note. It just doesn't sound the same. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm supremely confident in my lack of musical ability that I don't bother. To, I, I, I don't bother. Yeah, it, it directs my life to some degree. Yeah, because actually I give myself primarily to that what I've gifted to be, which God's called me to be, not which he's called me not to be. And also, I don't allow myself to be defined by what I'm not. That's, that's really important. Yeah? So I just recognize I'm, I'm not that. that. That's okay. But that doesn't define me. And again, what I really don't like around uh, in, 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 in all sorts of realms of life is when people try to define you by what you're not. Yeah? So how many of you have ever had, oh, you'll never be any good at that? Yeah, or you'll never make anything of yourself, or don't, don't, all those sorts of stuff, which is not really helpful. When somebody says, you know, Pete, you're no good at music, I, I just agree. But somebody once told me, this was interesting, it was somebody who was, was, was really important to me in my spiritual life. They said, actually, Pete, um, you never make your living out of Bible teaching, will you? It was interesting. I was leading the church at the time as well. It was quite interesting. He said, he said, he said, he said it's fascinating. He said, so he said, no, he said, that's not going to be you. Just concentrate on that faith stuff. Oh, what's the faith stuff? <laughs> now, by that, I think he, he meant miracles and signs and wonders and stuff like that, which is, which is good. But, and, uh, but I thought, actually, I don't think you're right. It's okay to dis- disagree with people. Did you know that? So anyway, but Peter says, I haven't, got, I haven't got what you want, but what I ha- do have, I give you. I would suggest to you that's confidence. Yeah? I'm going to give you what I've got. Now, what, if it, what happens if you think you haven't got it? You're not going to give it. Because you don't, you don't, if you don't think you've got it, you can't give it, can you? Even if you have got it. Does that make sense? I'll go over that again. So if you don't think you've got it, you can't give it away, even if you have got it. Yeah. You tracking with me? This is, this is quite important, because, because most of us don't realize just how much we've got in Christianity. So I want you to get more confident in what God has given you and what he's made you to be without worrying what you're not. Okay? So... Uh, what I have, I give you. Now, if you'd gone back not that long, I don't think Peter would have thought he got it. I would have think he would have thought he disqualified himself from it. So, what restored him? Well, I would suggest two things: the love of the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit two significant impacts upon his life. So when, when Jesus came to Peter to restore him, he said, so do you love me? He was basically restoring the love relationship. It was the intimacy that he was saying, do you love me? I think he already knew. Jesus, I don't think it was a surprise to Jesus. Jesus knew that Peter loved him. He, he, was, he was pulling it out of him. Yeah. Sense, he wasn't saying, that God, not sure, do you really love me, Peter? He, I, Jesus was, I know you love me, so I'm going to pull this out of you. So here's a question for you. Do you love Jesus? Good. Let's not be frightened of that, shall we? Because when you love him, then actually Jesus is going to entrust things to you. Feed my sheep. Yeah. Do the, yeah? So, 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 so he wants to pull you out, and he wants you to be confident in the fact that he loves you and you love him. That's, that's number one. He said, when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. Because it's a promised Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it is inevitable that you will receive power because God decided that's what's happening. 
So what happens if you don't think you've got any power? Well, number one, you're wrong. But, but more importantly than being wrong is you won't give any away. Because you don't think you've got it. So if, if you think, I, I'm, uh, God, never, God never answers my prayers with regard to healing. Well, that's it. Done, really. Now, I know God can break through, but basically this is, this is, this is important. So, so if Peter didn't think he had healing to give away, he wouldn't have given it away. What would have happened to the beggar? He'd stay crippled. God uses us, okay? Taking him by the right hand. So this, is, this is where courage comes in. I've been here, I've done this, it's not easy. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Um, the, the first chapter in my book tells you a story of, in Mexico where that similar thing, very similar thing happened to me. Not me personally, me praying for somebody else. But um, He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now, do you think he's surprised? I think he's surprised. Because he's just got something that he hadn't asked or imagined. Because God wants to give us more than we would ask or imagine. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate. Doing a good job back there, Hannah. (laughs) Called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Now, I like this next bit. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? <laughs> now, I think this is a genius question. Why are you surprised? Well, is it a bit of a... I'm not quite sure... I was, I'll call it a challenge then. I was going to call it a tragedy. Isn't it a tragedy when it's more surprising when somebody does get healed than when they don't? Woo! Somebody got healed. We're surprised. Why are we surprised? Why does this surprise you? I'd like to suggest to you that if we're more confident in who God is and what he's placed within us, we would be less surprised. But also we'd be seeing a whole lot more. Why does this surprise you? <clears throat> okay. Why do you stare at us, and I like this bit, as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? This is very true. So if, if I you know, get you to pray for somebody who's sick tonight, is your power or your own godliness going to heal them? No. No, we're, we're, we're clear about that. You know, I, I've seen many miracles, I've relayed some to you, but it's not by my power or by my godliness that somehow I've merited the fact that healed people get healed. It's not by my merit, yeah? And it's not by my resources, <clears throat> okay? But it is by God's merit. It's by God's godliness, God's righteousness, which he has given to me, yeah? So I don't depend upon my godliness, but what I do know, what I'm very confident, is that I am righteous in God's sight. That makes sense. So, so I am very, I, I'm very glad for this. God, God showed me this when I was 18. I have been supremely confident since I was at the age of 18 that all my sins are gone. Supremely confident. You cannot shake me from that. And people try to, uh, and, and also actually they try and tell me that their sins aren't gone when they're born again, and you're not going to get me to believe that one either. See, if you're born again, I don't believe that your sins are not all gone. You might believe it, but you're wrong. But, to you, it's true. See, if you're not confident in that, then you will keep circling around the need for forgiveness rather than the ability to change the world. And that's one of the tricks that the devil's got. He loves to keep us going around that loop. So many Christians I come across are not confident that all their sins are gone. Jesus paid the price for all our sins, not just some of them. Past, present and future. And if you get confused by the future ones, just remember he died 2,000 years ago before you started committing them. (laughs) Oh, I understand how he's forgiven the ones I've done up until now, but they were all in the future. So, 
I think this, this ability is supremely confident in, in the fact that God has forgiven me, that he has made me righteous, therefore I am godly in his sight. In Ephesians 1 it says that he has made me holy and blameless. Ooh. Now that is good. Does that, now if you, I, I want you to wake up tomorrow morning confident that that is true, rather than believe the lies of the devil who try and tell you you're not. So when he tells you you're rubbish, the devil does, it, 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 it's, just, it's not true. Uh, you know what, also, if, if, you, if you get so confident about this, actually you will not be shaken. You won't be shaken, so that even, even the temptation towards such nonsense it just it bounces off. <coughs> okay, so the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. He's not, not holding back any punches here. I love this. This is a fa- fantastic sentence. You killed the author of life. No, no, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Wow. We are witnesses of this. Now it goes, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and now was made strong. And, sorry, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes from, through him that has completely healed him. Okay. So I want, that's what I want to dwell on. It, oh, as you all can see. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> You're too good. You're too good at the back. Okay, so this is what I want. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him. Now, this is what I want you to start to get your confidence in, okay? So, how confident are you in Jesus? Sure, you're not quite sure how to answer it because you don't know what's coming. It's the sense of, yeah, I'm I'm very confident in Jesus. Ah, Are you really? We need to become confident in him. And that's what it means to grow in faith. So, I'm going to look at that. Um, So, before we come to that, I want to look at another couple of passages of of Scripture. But... um, just before we do that, I, <laughs> a few years ago, I went on a, um, there was a, a Christian training course that, that Kim and I went on, and um, it sounded very appealing, um, but when we got there, um, it, it wasn't as good as we'd hoped, <laughs> um, and that's probably a little bit of an understatement. Um, uh, when people basically, they said, right, this is, this is the definition of Christianity. And they said, it's, 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 it's a lifelong journey of, uh, of repentance punctuated by moments of deliverance. <laughs> this was it, I thought. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I think, what? <laughs> I thought, yeah, it's, it's a lifelong journey of repentance punctuated by moments of deliverance. I thought, wow, happy, happy days. <laughs> And what a gospel to preach this is. This is, this is, this is. And I thought, whoa. And I'm funny, it didn't just say it once. It was, it was repeated later on in the week. I thought, this is, what on earth is this about? And, um, and we, we broke down into small groups. And um, some, some of you have heard this story before. <laughs> Alan's heard this story before. We broke down into small groups. And, um, so, and not be funny, there were a lot of people who were going through difficult stages in life. So, so they, they really did need to sort of help get things off their chest and stuff like that. So we were in this small group and it was very good. It was very, very open, vulnerable. It was, it was good. And, and so there were a lot of people and I, I was thinking, man, you were you, funny. I was feeling sorry for people in a, in a good way. Not in a, you know, I was feeling, wow, compassion. Going, people were going through some really tough, tough, tough times. So when it came around to me, they said, so, so how's life? So I thought, well, I'm going to go, oh, it's really good. I've got a great life. Life's going really well. And they said, yes. And? I said, no, life's going really well. Great church. We're seeing lots of miracles. We say, yeah, people want to go on again. Got this going on. And then the guy leading the group said, yes, but what's really going on? I said, well, this is what's really going on. I'm seeing miracles. <laughs> seeing this going on. We're seeing people born again. We've got a great church. We've got miracles. Oh, this is going on. And it said, oh, hmm. And, and so it was quite funny. And so... Soon after that, he decided, right, we're going to pray for one another now. So, and so this guy comes and lays hands on me and he says, right, God, just give him the humility to be honest. 
<laughs> and I thought, right, okay. <laughs> and then another thing they, they, talk, they said during this course was, was, if you say you're okay, it's proof you're not. And I thought, it's because you can't be okay. And I thought, huh? And I thought, I don't know, I don't know what Bible you're reading. But I said, let alone Bible, this is just bad psychology, let alone theology. It's just dreadful. And it was such tosh. Unbelievable. And I thought, I'm not believing this stuff. So I resisted it strongly. (laughs) And also, they just didn't know what to do with me. Except what happened was, the other people kept on coming in for me for encouragement. I said, what? So, yeah, wow. So, yeah, this is all happening. Yes, good. Why? Because God's really good. And he's, he's yeah. I said, da, 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 da. I, said I'm, I said, look, I'm not afraid. Not afraid of when I'm facing a tough time, but I'm not at the moment. It, it was fascinating to me. I thought, this is a version of Christianity I really don't like. And it, 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 it's what they call, it's called the onion. And don't get me going on the onion. It's, 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 it's where there's always another layer to peel off, and it usually comes with tears. And that's it. And eventually you'll get reduced down to the real you that we can see. You know, it gradually you, and you think, wow, me, look, this is, who'd ever sign up for this? Well, a lot of Christians, apparently. I, 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 I don't think they signed up for it. They just get pulled into it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. So what does, what, what does God change you from and to? One degree of glory to a greater degree of glory. Yeah? So I've been, I've been teaching this for more than 25 years. God does not change you from grotty to less grotty. <laughs> he just does not. He does, he does not change you from grotty to less grotty. That's not discipleship. That, that, that's groveling in, in, in your sin that he took away in the first place. He just hasn't... That, he made you brand new, didn't he? When you're born again, you're not... He didn't renew you and try to get you sort of your MOT up to date. He'd he given you brand new. <laughs> so, and this brand new just gets better. It doesn't wear out. It, it's, it's eternal. It, it's phenomenal. It's giving you eternal life. Now, isn't that beautiful? Now, if you, you need to get that. You need to be confident in that stuff. Now, I, I, it was fascinating. When this guy, this guy, it, he kept on going away. I thought, are oh, you trying to manipulate me? <clears throat> so I blessed him and encouraged him and resisted him. <laughs> and then I thought, you are, I am not giving, I am not giving in weight to this nonsense. It's just... And I thought, I'm not giving it away. I'm, I'm sitting here for these other people because I think this is terrible for them. Anyway, there you go. So, uh, let's have a look at some passages. Numbers chapter 13, okay? 13. This is, this is when they've just spent out the spies, the 12 spies. They've been, been into the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey, come back with bunches of grapes that are so big they have to carry them on poles. Yeah? So it's pretty good. This, this is the report. Caleb, Caleb silenced the people before Moses. So Caleb and Joshua, they're, they're the good guys. Eh? Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. What's that? Confidence. confidence. What was he confident in? The power of God. The promises of God. And remember, remember, one stage, even, even when God says, I'm not coming with you, he said, I'm going to give you an angel to come. So you win. And Moses manages to persuade God that's not a good idea, that we do really want you to come with us. And if you're not coming, we're not going either. So, so they've got God with them. They've got the promises of God. You know, and, and Caleb's pretty confident in that. So he's not confident just in his own ability. He's confident in the ability of God and the promises of God. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. You know what? Exaggeration is, is a big problem, isn't it? All the people we saw there are of great size. Was that true? No. no they, they talk about, you know, we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. There, there were giants in the land, but they weren't all giants. Now, look at this. We seemed like, what? 
grasshopper. Grasshoppers in our own eyes, not in. So we seem like. Look at this. In whose eyes did they seem like grasshoppers? In our own eyes. Woo. And then, and we looked the same to them. So they presumed that their enemies regarded them as grasshoppers that they could crush under their feet just like that. Why? Because that's how they saw themselves. Okay. Flip over to Joshua chapter 2. This is some more spies. Joshua chapter 2. It'll come. It'll come. Okay. So this is the next bunch of spies. Okay. With Joshua. And they find a, a lady called Rahab. Before the spies lay down for the, for the night, Rahab, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. It doesn't sound like grasshoppers. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. That's before they make this statement of grasshoppers, isn't it? We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and round we go, in fear. And everyone's courage failed because of you, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Wow. So what did they... The 10 out of the 12 spies, what did they believe of themselves? We're grasshoppers. What did the enemy see? Warriors. Why? Because they'd heard of what God had already done. They'd heard of the Red Sea. They'd heard of their battles that they'd already won. They were quaking. How long did they keep hold of that belief? The enemies, how long did they have? 40 years. How long did the Israelites keep hold of their belief? Not long. This is, this is one of the greatest tragedies in the Bible, isn't it? There were people who, who, who were set free for a destiny. They came out of Egypt, they were set free to, to enter a land flowing with milk and honey. They got there. God has said, it's yours, I promised you, I'm going to win it for you. And then what happened? They believed the ten spies. And what did they do? They wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. A whole generation of them missed their destiny. You know that, didn't you find that tragic? I would suggest to you that false humility is a horrendous stronghold that robs Christians of their destiny, sometimes for life. And we need to see it for what it is. <coughs> so, number one, you're not a grasshopper, you're not a worm, you're not a sinner. You're magnificent because God's made you to be magnificent. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You know, the devil is trembling. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of the devil and his demons, but I'm not afraid of them. They don't bother me. Now, I'm not saying they don't trouble me sometimes or they don't try and you know, tempt me or <coughs> intimidate me and stuff like that or distract me. It's true, but basically the Bible tells me to be aware of his schemes. Yeah? So I'm aware, but I'm not frightened. Why should I be frightened of him? What does he see when he sees me coming? No, seriously, he sees a giant. What does he see when he sees you come in? He sees a giant. What happens if you don't think you're a giant? You don't act like a giant. (laughs) 
I was talking to somebody this morning, actually. Just, it's, it's, a, it's a silly little illustration, but it's, it's, you know, the devil tries to distract you in all sorts of ways. And I remember it was years, 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 years ago. And um, it's got to be yeah, a long time ago. Because I remember when I, I used to have, uh, I think it was when, when Kim and I were first married. And um, we were living in our flat in Bristol. And we were both, both diligent with quiet times, um, you know, morning and evening and time with God. And um, I don't know why, but if, if the washing up wasn't done, um, it was interesting. It was amazing how that became of prime importance when I came around to have a quiet time. No, I was just saying this, because actually I, I wasn't worried about doing the washing up. I mean, we did do it, but it wasn't, you know. Uh, so I sit, sit down, I read my Bible, and then go, oh, we haven't done the washing up yet, thinking. Oh, I haven't done the washing up yet. Now, I find myself doing the washing up. <laughs> read my Bible. It took, it took me a couple of weeks to come up. I thought, what, what am I doing the washing up? Not that I didn't need to, but I realized actually that there, there are little tactics. He, it was one of his schemes. Just a distraction to take me away. I'm just saying, it's a very silly little thing, but you know, he will, he will find ways to distract you from connecting with God, which is what I want to come on to next because I want to teach you something quite quite simple because I believe that we need to be supremely confident in who God is yeah so God is so God is all sorts of things God is eternal how about that that's fun God is internal God is infinite is he faithful is he good Right. Imagine, imagine a circumstance that you want God to be doing something about right now. Circumstance. <clears throat> okay. Is God able to deal with that circumstance? No trouble? Happy? Not sure. Is there, is there anything that he can't do? Is, is there anything that's impossible for God? Come on, come on, come on. I know, you're, I know you're not American, but there is nothing impossible for God. So there is nothing that you can throw his way that he can't deal with. Is that right? Right, so, so number one, here's a quick question. How confident are you in that statement? <laughs> increasingly is probably the word. That, that's because actually I, none of us have got total faith, but increasingly is the, is, is the answer I'm looking for. I'm looking for people's progress. So, so, how many of you get trouble every day? Well, the answer is all of you. All of us. And I know that because Jesus said, every day has enough trouble of its own. So you don't have to look for more. You really don't. It's got enough trouble. So, what, what, what usually associates trouble? What comes with trouble in your mind? Anxiety and worry. Yeah? Okay. Did Jesus say... Don't worry. About what? About your life. Pretty all-encompassing. He said, don't worry about your life. As it's in that context, he says, every day has got enough trouble of its own. It's in Matthew. He says, don't worry about your life. Every day has got enough trouble of its own. So what's he saying? He says, well, it doesn't matter what comes your way, you don't need to worry. So, did... did <laughs> Does it also say, don't be anxious about anything in the Bible? Yeah? yeah? So, is that possible? Yeah. Yes. Why? Because of who God is. <laughs> so, is he, is, he, is he the Prince of Peace? Yeah. So, has he got enough peace to cover this? Yeah. Okay. Is he worried? What does he do when he looks on the enemies? He laughs. He laughs. He's not saying, oh man, come up with something. I haven't spotted that one coming. No, it's, 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 he laughs. That's why laughter is good. It's why joy is really important. It's why laughter in, 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 in our meetings is really important. Why well, we just join up with God's perspective on things. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can have something troubling you. And I say troubling rather than being anxious. Oh, you know, and you can be in a meeting and you suddenly burst out laughing. You think, what, what's gone wrong with me? I've got something going on. You know, that's inappropriate right now because it's got these things going on. You know, 
Well, that seems irreverent. You know, I should be, I should be concerned about this. How, would, how do we express concern? Okay, so, so I'm going to put faith down here. Faith. So faith is confidence. We'll put another word, trust. Okay. So if all you look at is your circumstances, then you will be confident in your troubles. Don't tell me that you'll be confident that they really are going to trouble you. Because you, you need something else to actually help you overcome this, don't you? Now, is, is, this, is, this is probably even more important when, when you're actually in a place of abundance. So if your circumstance is abundance, how much do you need to keep trusting God? <laughs> you need to trust him a heck of a lot. Why? Because what do you need to do with abundance? Wisdom. Okay. Now, the Bible tells you you can get wisdom from two sources. One's earthly, which is here, and one's heavenly, which is there. <clears throat> okay. Which, which wisdom do you want to operate from? Heavenly. So what have you got to do to get heaven's wisdom into there? What have you got to do to find peace to overcome this? Because you're not going to find it on this level. What you've got to find is your connection with God. Okay? What the Bible talks about is faith in God. So how much confidence have I got in God? That's the key to Christianity. And that's what you need to grow in, every one of us. And there's no, no, no shortage of opportunity to grow because he's infinite and eternal. So I think it's fantastic. So when you say, I want to grow in faith, it's not an omission of defeat. It's actually a pursuit of who he is. Yeah? Okay. So let, let's, go for, let's go from one down here. So, so say we've got problem with, we're trying to hit sickness. So somebody, maybe you, or somebody close to you, somebody you're concerned about, is sick. Now, what people often do is this. Okay, I need healing. My friend needs healing. My friend needs healing. My mum, my dad, we need healing. We need to see healing. We need healing, we need healing, we need healing. (laughs) What are you just looking at? You're looking at the circumstance. See, I'm going to suggest you something. You actually don't need healing. What do you need? Who is? You need the healers. So you need the healer who can provide the healing. When we say, when I find a lot of Christians, say, wow, we, did, we pray. You should have seen us. We prayed. We fasted. We, we were up all night. We, 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 we were like, we and you know what? It didn't change. <clears throat> because it basically says that it's the prayer of faith that, that heals the sick. Not concentrating on the circumstances. Not worrying. A lot of people worry. And, uh, and they think worry is faith. It isn't. What I need is I need to find who God is. And the beauty of this is, <clears throat> and we will finish with this, is that God made it an ever-available <coughs> adventure. Because when Moses asked God, what's your name? God said, I am. Okay, so I am. So if you didn't know me, and I got up here tonight and said, I am, <laughs> I think you'd be waiting for some explanation, wouldn't you, that I am, yeah? If I tell you that I am a doctor, it actually starts to give you a a picture of who I am. And you start to understand what you could actually have confidence in me for. So so it's amazing. Oh, wow, okay, I'll go and talk to him about my bad back afterwards. Please don't, don't, by the way. But it's it's, it's amazing. It says, oh, yeah, right. Simply by the understanding that's who I am, yeah? yeah? I am a doctor people start to put their trust and confidence in me. Why? Because I've got access to resources that they need 
so, so <clears throat> I don't find people when they, they come, they, they, they come, if, if they, so, say somebody's got a bad back, they don't say, I've got a bad back, 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 I need a new back, I need a new back, I need a new back, I need, you know, you need to go see the doctor. See, we, we, yes, we, we, even, so on a human level we know this is true. But when you want healing, you need to go to the healer. Now, when, when God said, I am, Moses said, that, that didn't help a lot, so what's the next bit? He said, can you explain that a bit more? So, so God goes, I am who I am. That, you see, that, 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 now, we are so used to that as, we say, oh, of course he did. They said, I am who I am. Yeah, yeah, of course. It makes, oh, makes every degree of sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. We just thought, yes, that's who he is. He's, yes, he's, he's I am. He think, what? <laughs> yeah, John we just get used to going through the Christian almost jargon of it without actually thinking about it. Now, I want to tell you, it's, it's fundamentally important that God said, I am who I am. Because he had refused to limit himself. Because he's infinite eternal. So he hasn't got enough space on the page to tell you who he is. <laughs> yeah, there is not enough space in the, in the whole world for all the books yeah, that could be written about him. It is, he, there is not enough space for him to tell you who he is. But, this is the joy, you can discover who he is. So you need to discover that God is... Dot, 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 dot. Fill in the dots. That is the joy of Christianity. And as you become confident in who God is, then you'll be able to give away what he's given to you. Does that make sense? So God is. Is he the healer? We're discovering more of he's the healer. It would surprise us... It literally would surprise us here at Eastgate if we had a week where we didn't have healings and miracles going on. It would be a big surprise now. We couldn't have said that years back. Now, we've seen many miracles back in 95, two people raised from the dead, so it's it's not that it weren't good, but they were almost like, whoa, a bit of a surprise. Wow, wow, whoa, you should have seen us. We had a really good couple of weeks then. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) But they were almost like surprises. And I think a lot of Christianity exists on the surprises. You know, Whoa, man, God did something. Then we sort of box it up, write a book about it, and think, I, I, I would be absolutely flabbergasted if we had a week round here without miracles. Why? Because we found God. When it talks about being present-centered, this is what it's about. It's the pursuit of who he is. I would suggest that's a very easy thing for you to remember. When you find yourself troubled by your troubles, I would suggest stop looking at your troubles. Find God. Do you need peace? He's the God of peace. Here's another one. I'm going to throw this out. Do you need comfort? Needing comfort is not a lack of faith. This is faith, okay? God is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter. There's a clue in that. You're going to need comfort. Yeah? It is not lacking faith. It is not weak to need help and comfort. What it is, it's folly if you keep looking at the trouble and not going to the helper. Is he called the helper? I will send a helper to you. When you need help, who do you go to? There. And he's actually already inside you. The Holy Spirit is inside you. You have all the resources of heaven inside you. Okay, so I thought, what I want to do is I want to break off any stronghold of false humility that you have. Okay? I was was speaking to God during the worship. He said, how do you want me to land this? And... I believe some of you have had things said about you. Maybe you've been brought up with stuff where you believe stuff about you that isn't true and you've been defined by what you're not rather than who you are. Okay? Now, if that's true for you, I'm not going to ask you to stand up, sit down, or raise your hands or anything. I just want you to, I just want you to close your eyes. I'd like you just to think for a few moments. How do you view yourself? In your own eyes, in your own eyes, what do you see of yourself? The correct perspective of your life is God's perspective. 
Anything that doesn't line up with God's perspective. That runs you down to what is less than he's called you to be is false humility. It is not true humility. And I want you to discard it right now. Well, I, I, I take authority and I break the chains of false humility that lock people up, that keep them from being all that you've called them to be, that would hinder them from being inheritors of the promised land. I feel this is strongly, feel this quite strongly right now that, whoa! I want you to throw, throw away this, this notion that you, you're like a grasshopper or, or something worthless or you are not. I want to break that off you because I want you to walk into the destiny God has given to you. Father, I release the power of heaven into this life, these lives right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you love everyone. You know, some of you, I've got, just God's just showing me, some of you are discounting yourself because you believe you've let God down so badly that you could never be restored. So you're for, you settled for a lesser. That isn't true. Jesus restored Peter completely. And Peter was one of those people that the New Testament talks about as change, changing the world, turning the world upside down. And I want you to receive confidence right now. I want you to receive confidence. And you might say, well, how are you going to do that? It's called the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is one of the gifts. Is there in 1 Corinthians 12, it says you can ask for it. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And faith, it says faith is the assurance or the confidence of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance or confidence of things hoped for. So right now, I want to release the gift of faith in this place over every one of you. And I want you to receive it right now. Now, I'm saying this with a great degree of confidence because I know God wants to give you a gift of faith right now. And you might say, well, Pete, how how do you know that with such confidence? Well... If you're born again, you already have a gift of faith. Because you couldn't have got born again without it. He gave you the faith to believe in the first place. So I know that he wants to give you more. So Father, I pray right now and I release the confidence of heaven over everyone in this place. And Father, I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding to come and fill their hearts and minds. And Father, we embrace this truth that we can live a life free of anxiety, filled with the power of heaven, releasing miracles, signs and wonders in our everyday lives, seeing healings. This will not surprise us anymore. Father, we we embrace normal Christianity which is the fullness of Jesus being expressed through every one of us. And we won't settle for anything less. Shush. So Holy Spirit, I pray for the fire of heaven to rest on everybody right now. Just as on the day of Pentecost, I pray for the fire of heaven to be released in this place. And I pray that power will come upon everyone here. Power will come and rest on everyone here as they receive the Holy Spirit in even greater measure.